The show you're about to listen to is very old and comes with a warning. When we recorded these shows over a decade ago, the world was a different place and we were little more than children. As a result of this, you might hear a few things that by today's standards, we judge to be inappropriate or offensive. Please don't be offended. In the years that have passed since recording these shows, we've all grown up to be wonderful, loving, liberal, free-thinking, open-minded individuals. If the us from over a decade ago say something to upset the you of today, please understand that we're as disgusted with ourselves as you are. But isn't this what life is all about? Learning and growing? We all said and did things in our younger days that make us cringe when we think about them. We just recorded it and put it out on the internet. With all that in mind, I hope you enjoy the show. Oh, and there's just one more thing. Don't email the show or try to enter competitions. We don't have that email anymore and all the competitions are over. We do have a Facebook group where you're very welcome to discuss any aspects of the podcast. Please visit simplysyndicated.com for more information. Now establishing data link. Accessing. Hello and welcome to episode 32. Nope. Let's start again. (laughs) Hello and welcome to episode 33 of Make It So. I'm Richard Smith. I'm Mike Dawson. And this week we're talking about, what are we talking about this week? Interior design. Interior design. And uniforms. uniforms. The look and feel of Star Trek across the ages. Various incarnations thereof. I'm quite pleased with this one. This should be a good one. Okay, okay. Well, as usual, we should start at the beginning production-wise. Yes, the beginning production-wise. With the original series. With the original series. So this is probably the most distinct, isn't it? That's the... That's... This is the one that they've had the hardest time fitting in around. Yes. It's fair to say. When they've done stuff that either goes back or references the era, uh, that's where they have the most degree of trouble, I yes. think. Uh, because it was... Clearly because it was made in the 60s, it was made in a time when there were very little or no special effects. The sets were... Well, well, you know what they were yeah. very simple, very basic. You, you have, you know, you could quite easily replicate something at home, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Well, I say quite easily, you'd have to put a great deal, deal of work in, I think it's fair to say, but yeah, there was nothing that advanced about it. It was very basic. It was very sort of sixties vision of the future ish. Well, right. It went through, we've already skipped one. Because the Star Trek uniforms in the original series changed and the set design changed from episode one to episode two. Of course it did, yes. And from episode two to episode three, they changed as well. The the cage with Christopher Pike, um, yeah. who was in something I found out the other day, was in The Searchers. Really was he? Yes. I need to see that film. Um it's funny uh, you should say that. Yeah. I've nearly bought it twice in the last week. It's supposed week. to be John Wayne's best film. I've never mm. seen it. But he's, yeah, he's in The Searchers. Um, he was also played Jesus Christ in something as well. Wow. Um, and Stewie sings a song about that in Family Guy at one point. Oh, is that how mm. you know? Yeah, he was good enough to play Jesus Christ, but not enough, good enough to play the captain of the Enterprise. Um, well, well, I see the differences there. Yeah, died shortly after as well. Um, so, right. 
Yeah, and in that, the the uniforms were far grayer, far duller, co- uh, co- um, duller colors. Bigger jumpers, I bigger, think. They yeah, were. bigger that jumpers, sort of less like T-shirty uh, in the original series. Yeah. Whereas they were sort of like designed for all weathers kind of material in the original pilot. And I think, if I remember correctly, the story goes, and I don't know how much truth there is in this, but Gene Roddenberry apparently came onto the set and looked around the set when they were filming the cage and said, um, or after they'd filmed the cage and when they were filming where no man has gone before and said, um, yeah, we need, we need some more color in here. And, uh, the set designers had gone off and redesigned the set. So it was more colorful. And like you see All in right. the original series okay, today, yeah. and Gene Roddenberry came back and said, no, I mean, I need more people of racial origin, different races in the cast okay. um, and the production staff had clearly gotten modeled up somewhere along the line. But apparently that's the reason that we have more colorful sets. Really? Yeah. Is that really true? This is an anecdote I had heard. I have heard this, but I don't know how much truth there is in the matter or whether or not that's something that's just been exaggerated over the annals of time. It sounds, I don't want to say too good to be true, but it sounds it's too convenient. It's too, it's a nice little tale. Yeah. It's and one of those. They rarely uh, actually happen. Alligators in the sewers kind of thing, yeah. isn't it? You know, really. Do you know precisely how many orgies of evidence I've seen in my career? None. <laughs> you know. Yeah. It's that sort of thing. Yeah, but it's a nice story anyway, and um, and then yeah, we get the more colourful layout. I prefer the drab sort of military cold it grey did look, look. It did look harder though. It looked much more cold. I like that. I, I like think. that. I actually really, really want to watch the cage again because it's a curious little thing within the Star Trek canon. It certainly is. I mean, the, one of the things I liked about the original series is that there is a great deal of warmth to it. I think more so than any of the other series. It's, I don't know. It, this is perhaps the best way of putting it, but it seems friendlier. Yeah, no, I can see that. As a series, it's a lot. I think because it's got the 60s camp to it, Unfortunately, it does sort of, although warmer and cuddlier, it kind of degrades from the credibility somewhat. Yeah, um, I understand that, but it, it's a very different beast. Mm. You know, it's not like it's. But that's you know, the thing: the original, the Cage episodes, felt like just, far more military and yeah. far more realistic in the set design and the look of it than the rest of the original series. So you kind of get. It creates an unusual contradiction because at the one stage you're thinking to yourself, well, it was the 60s, I can forgive it. And then on the other side, you're thinking, well, hang on a second, I saw the pilot and that looked really good. Why didn't they do that? Because they were in the 60s is the answer. But yeah, and then you've got the uniforms, you've got the bright, colourful, there are far more muted colours. I mean, I think the the yellow sweater and a blue sweater and everything and a grey sweater, but they were kind of like it was a muted yellow and it was a muted yeah. blue and everything. And pastel colours. Yes, yeah, exactly. And then in the original series, it was in the main bulk of the series, it became more colourful. And then Kirk had that weird green uniform that he used to wear. Yeah, he had like just his flash jumper. Yeah. That you sort of felt he picked it up on a planet one time and just liked wearing it. Yeah, just fancy himself. And no one is going to tell him not to. He's the captain of the Enterprise. <clears throat> I'll just wear what I want. Yeah. What are you going to do about it? Spock no. would probably say, do you think it's appropriate, Captain, to any... Shut up, Spock. I'm just wearing... shut up. It's new. Yeah. I'm wearing it. 
I like it. Yeah. You can see my chest. A very special someone gave me this and I'm going to wear it. Very special someone. Yeah. Kirk's got a lot of very special He does, he does. But they all give him something. Um, Herpes, gonorrhea. The clap. The clap. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) Or the intergalactic equivalent thereof. Oh, it'd be nasty. Oh, it would, wouldn't it? Klingon clap. Oh. Itchy. Itchy. I don't know. It's just a, issue. You know what we were talking about the, the Klingon fashion the other week and everything? Yeah. Well, I had, thought, I had a thought about the fact that Worf was brought up in Russia on Earth. And I just had an idea, just just an image of Worf at winter in a Christmas sort of dinner kind of situation. And he's got like a Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer jumper And his grand's knitted him. And his grand's knitted him. And he's just sat there looking miserable and around the fire. And just, you know, one of those really... Awful jumpers. He'd still love Christmas though, because he'd get a ton of toys and shit. I don't know. It's too jolly. Isn't That's it? why everybody, you know, with all the the religious differences going on in the world, we still like Christmas the most. And when you hear that people don't like Christmas, you sort of think, "Oh, I'll get on the bandwagon anyway," because Christmas is the best. Because you just get loads of stuff. Mm. There's n- none of the others are like that. Come on, most of the other religious festivals are about not having stuff. That's yeah. not fun. That's not fun. Do Christmas. You just get loads of presents. Mm. It's brilliant. No more Christmas in Star Trek, though. No, that's very true. No mm. Christmas in Star Trek. Do they have present day? I ju- it's just one I can't see dying out. They get birthday presents and stuff like that. Yeah. That's rubbish. We get Well, the idea that, that by the 24th century that all religion on Earth would have been eradicated is just an absurd idea anyway. I mean, really... Thousands of years of religion and in 400 short years, it's all completely gone. You never know. You never know. You I, never know. World I War mean, Three. We, we, yeah, we're dealing with yeah. a world where there'd been World War Three. As I was trying to point out to Alison as we, do, we were discussing that massive thread on the forum about the, the racial differences. Yeah. That we're talking about a world where World War Three has happened and humanity is living in small surviving pockets of existence mm. scattered across the world. You know, there'd be a great deal of love the one you're with sort yeah. of thing. Because there's no one else there. No. So you never well, know what would happen. Yeah. Um, In short, again, I think we won that one. I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> it's a debate. I know. It's right, a matter of I opinion. I think we won. Yeah. Um, right. Well, okay. So we've got the differences within the original series. You've also got the differences in the sort of the... The consoles, this, yeah, the, the walls are all backlit in weird colours, aren't they? And, yeah, the, um, the bridge of the Enterprise changed a great deal under Kirk's command. I mean, we went through, was it two or three Enterprises? I think it was three. Right, well, this is getting because onto we, the, the movies. We went through two Enterprises. Yeah, that was that was the strange thing. So as soon as we got onto the motion picture, the bridge had changed from the original series. but Because it was of the refits. Because of the... Was that the refit? I that thought was the refit, refit happened later. No, no, the refit. Because they had to explain yes, away the why refit. the deflector dish <clears throat> is no longer a massive satellite out of the front, why it's now blue light, why the Enterprise warp engines don't have the red funny bits on it. You know, it was completely... Yeah. The Enterprise was redesigned and refitted. And you'd have thought to yourself, well, if it was going to be refitted that much, you'd really start again, really, wouldn't you? You'd build a new ship. You'd, you'd just build a new one. But I suppose it's it's an important ship and everything, so you get around that. But the yeah, the design then became sort of more. It was white consoles um, with sort of green computer screens, but and they were the, still the tactile buttons, you know. Yeah, 
And the chair that turned into a seatbelt for the captain. Yes. But that was only in the first one. And only once in and the first one. And only once in the first one. And they had the, uh, Spock had an entire science desk as well, if you remember correctly. Did he have a whole desk? He had a whole desk. I don't, it's been so long since I've seen the motion picture. I well, they took to that out in two. Like he only had like the console and you felt bad for him. He was like, he was sort of had a bit of it taken away, but he had like a whole. Maybe he'd misbehaved. Yeah. But he had like a massive station. If I remember, if I'm, I'm pretty sure he did. And it was just really weird. And yeah, they had loads of like consoles and everything. They redesigned the engineering section was completely redesigned and looked more like the next gen esque yeah. engineering section before uh, the original series engineering was just like a big computer on a red wall, wasn't it? Yeah, it really... I, I would never particularly like the original series engineering. It was small. But then what and it would was, you have done? Yeah, it was, you, know? you know, it was just back at the time. It's indicative of the time it was produced in. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the the refit was massive. Um. Then that and, shit blew up, didn't it? Well, th- Sorry, yeah. what were you going to say? Well, yeah, then it changed a little bit between Star Trek 2 um, and Star Trek 1, but not very much, just a little bit. And then in Star Trek 2 and 3, it's the same. Then it blows up in 3. Yeah. Um, and then, then we what get we get is the Enterprise, the Enterprise at the end of 4. Yes. Now, this is where it gets a little bit confusing because the Enterprise Bridge at the end of Star Trek 4 looks exactly the same as the Enterprise Bridge in Star Trek 3, 2, and 1. Then in Star Trek 5, we've had another complete refit. And it looks totally different. It looks completely different. We have the next-gen-esque touchscreen panels. We've got... Uh, we don't have any sort of tactile uh, buttons sure anymore. I think there were buttons in that, 5. There might have been buttons, but I mean, most of the corridors <coughs> were next-gen corridors. In well, this is the thing. By the time 5 came out, they were making next-gen. They made next-gen. And that started was making the, it. the change, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So they used... They borrowed loads of the sets from next-gen in 5 and 6. You Just know, lit them differently. 6 is... Engi- yeah, exactly. 6 is engineering. It's so obviously next-gen's engineering. It's untrue. Um... And yeah, and then six got another refit and they got the really nice dark leather chairs and they got the... Yeah, they darkened the tone of the entire bridge and put some nice soft lighting in. Yeah, yeah. All and that they, sort of thing. And the some clocks nice, everywhere. Deep red carpet. Yeah. Nice high back leather chairs. It was like a gentleman's club. Six looked really good. I did like six. I think of all of the looks, six is one of the best in the films, at least in terms of the original series. They are guilty of doing that to the ships though, for the films. They did it to the D. Yeah, but we'll get onto that in a minute. Okay. Uniforms in the films. Now, Star Trek one's uniforms. They were terrible. They were the the very silly ones. They were slightly better than the original series, but they were still big blocks of color. Um, But then they had like, space uniforms as well didn't they they had like the ones for going outside and and yeah they had matching pants and tops which is the only time i think they've ever done that completely and it looked terrible it really did and i think yeah kirk was walking around in a kind of summer short sleeve shirt for a while wasn't he and yeah looked like he'd just gotten back from holiday in barbados you know he felt maybe he'd have like a (laughs) <laughs> a tropical shirt you know one of those hideous things that, i think he wore one we I'm just never sure, saw it we just never saw just it just because we never saw it doesn't mean he never had it one of those sort of hats the white hats you know maybe i don't know a box of del monte it's very general custody yeah a little bit i yeah. mean he was known for wearing his jacket with the non-regulation golden fringe on and the big hat that was non-regulation and 
all sorts General of Custer. Yeah, that was one of his big arrogant things. He wouldn't wear completely the proper uniform. He wore his own hyped up, big frilly, <laughs> it was extravagant one, version. I can't remember what it was. It was a, it was an old <coughs> calendar that a mate of mine used to have, which was uh, a different cartoon every day. And one of the best ones was uh, uh, a group of uh, Indians looking down POV looking down and grinning, really grinning with spears in their hands, pointing down, all in sort of like surrounding someone who's lying on the floor, kind of, you know what I mean, POV looking up. And the caption underneath was General Custer's Last View. (laughs) Just what was brilliant. That's what happened. (laughs) If you're going to attack 12,000 Indians with 126 men, shit's going to happen. Yeah, you're not the Spartans. And not to the Indians. No. Really? Sorry, I, I felt... You know, I studied it a lot. This is quite a tangent. Yeah. I studied him quite a lot uh, in my late teens, found him quite interesting, a character, but he really had it coming. You know? Yeah. There's no two ways about it. He so had it coming, and you've got to feel sorry <laughs> for every man under his command who were all sat there going, what the fuck are we doing this for? Have you seen how many there are? <laughs> 12,000 Indians, all very angry. Mm. But anyway, anyway, the look of Star Trek in their uniforms. Yes. So then Star Trek 2. Now we're having a monumental shift in the look of Star Trek. As we've said before, Nicholas this is Meyer. Nicholas Meyer, yeah. This is Nicholas Meyer's turn. <clears throat> He's going to change everything. He's going to change the look of it. And the only, I mean, the major difference with Star Trek 2 is the uniforms, really. The ship is exactly the same. It's the cheapest of the Star Trek films, Star Trek 2. And it was the one because they just reuse the sets. And yeah. um, even the Reliant is just the Enterprise sets with the doors painted green. Yes, it is, you know, isn't it? It's just all the same thing. So they had yeah. a very, you know, that means effectively about 50% of your movie takes place on one soundstage. So it's a good way to work. It was a very good way to work and it did work for them. Um, but yeah, the uniforms, I love those uniforms. I think they're brilliant. They're the good ones. They're the ones, I mean, above all the others. Every series included in that. Every series included in that. I think they're the best ones because they don't look ridiculous. I mean, the next gen onwards, they look a little less ridiculous as they get to the later stages, but we'll get onto Mm. that in a minute. But I think the pure red with the rank, uh, the department insignia is only around the cuffs and the collars. and the... That looks that's really where good. The color is. Yeah. Yeah, that's the color dis- distinction. When did the bell bottoms come in? That was two straight away. Two straight away. Yeah, that came in straight away. I did think they were a little silly. Yeah. But they didn't look out of place. They didn't look I out have, of place. I have to say that, you know, for all the criticism, none of the uniforms looked out of place. No, not at all. In the slightest. They were all very well done. Mm. I think Star Trek as a show, certainly the costume design and the set design. Is something that every series has excelled at. Yes. There's been very little in the way of television to compete with it. Maybe now when we're doing things like Battlestar Galactica and stuff like that. Different sort of ball But it is them. a different sort of thing. But yeah, I, I think I think the uniforms did sort of excel. And I think the instances in the movies, i.e. Star Trek The Motion Picture and Star Trek Generations, where the TV sort of-esque uniforms overlapped a little bit with the feature films did somewhat detract from the film's status because those yes, I agree yeah. when they're in generations where they're wearing the ds9 jumpsuits it just looks a little yeah. bit was that no that i remember 
Are you sure that yeah. was Generations? Generations, they're all wearing DS9 first series 2, 3 and Voyager uniforms. Right. And then in First Contact, they redesigned them so they have those grey, the grey See, they were my They are very good. They're my second favourite. But the... But the red ones, I mean, the red ones as well had layers to them. They had like a... Yeah, they did. You know, it looked like they had proper... I mean, the, the other ones did as well. But these looked like, you know, the flap that came down and, you know... Yeah. And they looked like jackets. They wore them as jackets sometimes and everything. And, you know, and, and they had belts as well. There was a little bit more <coughs> to them. I think the reason that they probably didn't do that with the series is because it's expensive to manufacture that many that mm. uniforms that are that good looking for everyone on board. But I think it looked really good. It looked more kind of modern, <laughs> difficult to say. Like the other uniforms looked more futuristic in the fact that they don't look like anything that we'd actually consider wearing in this day and age. But those uniforms looked more modern in the fact that they kind of felt like current naval uniforms. I'm quite confused now. I'm confused. As steam coming out of my ears, the skies turned purple and the rats are eating the mice. But... What I mean is that the <laughs> the uniforms looked more um, like they do today. Yes. Whereas in the earlier show, they look more futuristic because they don't look like anything that we'd actually wear. I understand. That makes sense. Right. That summed it up nicely. Right. What I meant to say as well was the rats were eating the cats. I don't know where mice came from. Anyway. Anyway. So um, in Next Gen, we, we found ourselves with a whole new look. Yes. Now, the ship itself is very brown in Series 1 of Next Gen, the bridge in particular. Yeah. There's some lovely wood panelling on the wall, on, yes. the, on the bridge, which went away later. I think it must have been Season 2, straight away. I think it was. And it just yeah, became beige panelling. Yeah. And that was, that was strangely just replaced completely in Generations by extra people doing extra jobs. Well, there was a couple of things that changed between the first two seasons. There was um, the back panel behind Captain Picard's head. Suddenly, from season two onwards, had a few lines over it. Oh, yeah. In season one, it's just completely blank. It's just a blank, white yeah, they dressed it thing. Up a bit. And then suddenly there's just these, like, computer panels behind his head. It's like, what? why, are they, why are they there? Why weren't they there before? What, what, where design. did they come from? New, New design. design of, of the New design. panel. Um, yeah. The ship, it, the corridors, that sort of thing, never really changed much throughout the well, next You had two episodes. sets of corridors, didn't you? You had the square ones and the um, uh, hexagonal ones. Yeah. Um, hexagonal, would that be right? I know One, what you mean. Two, I don't know three, if you were... four, five, six. No, six. What's that's, six? That's hexagonal. That's hexagonal. Yeah. What's five? Pentagonal. Pentagonal, right, yeah. So they were hexagonal corridors. So, yeah. And and then you had the transporter rooms. That yeah, they again got used in six. The same transporter room when all of the Klingons being I never on board. thought of that before. But all of, of you watch did. six again. All of the sets are just next gen sets, apart from the bridge. Um, even right. the conference room gets used. It's um, as the dining. Oh hall yes, yes, of course. When the Klingons are having dinner and everything. Mm. Um, wow, they do like reusing stuff on this show, don't they? They do. Um, we so have- yeah, that was, that was interesting. But then, yeah, with the next gen, then you got all the control panels. Like you say, they, they changed design. So they were kind of green at first. And yeah. We they- had the green screen displays yeah. and stuff like that. Why? Yeah. Surely it should be photorealistic, brilliant computer technical glory. 
Well, they had a conversation about – I've seen something on the making of actually where someone said that basically they went and took a look around a naval base and they looked at current military technology to try and get some kind of inspiration. And then they realized that modern technology is far too advanced and that current modern naval technology and uh, Air Force technology is way beyond what they could realistically and affordably replicate within Star Trek. And so they had to make a sort of active creative decision to sort of take a step back and make it a little bit more basic in terms of its interface. And well, in they terms they of couldn't its, make in Star Trek what, what they the, really have. What they really have. The technology is too advanced for them to replicate it with any degree of realism. So they had to take a step back in terms of... That's very strange. I don't know what that means, what that would mean that the technology is. I mean... I don't know. I can't remember the exact example. It's that guy, uh, Michael O'Conker, I believe. Um, he was talking about it, or Hans Zimmerman. Do they have some weird interfaces of things? Do they have... I don't remember. This is just I'm quoting from the making of. How bizarre. But yeah, they just said that they sort of took a, a step back and so they had like, you know, just the color interfaces are just now green and black and, and everything and, and a certain color spectrum. Although, you know, Geordie always had that uh, transfer engineering commands to bridge and that yeah. back panel and everything. And watching Chain of Command the other day, when what's-his-name comes over, Jellico comes over and takes command of the Enterprise for a couple of weeks while Picard's on that mission, he then dictates that all of the back panels become battle stations, damage report system, battle station, and something else. And so, you know, and they should be manned at all times and makes, you know, because he completely shifts everything around and does, changes it to a four shift rotation rather than a three shift rotation and all that stuff. So theoretically, those consoles can be and display anything you want them to display. You know, Worf could have the helm of the Enterprise. You know, it's, I think it's one of those things, which then makes you think, why do people keep running around to different consoles to do things? If you, you know, it makes sense to do it. Yeah, just transfer helm to to Worf's console. I I thought that. The layout of the bridge was always very well explained and everywhere, everyone had a set job to do and everything was covered. And so when we got to Generations and they added two extra desks and two extra people, it we, sort of really broke. It was more than that. Was it more than it that? It was more than that. It was massive. There was like, and in fact, <clears throat> it's straight out of yesterday's Enterprise. Right. Do you remember yesterday's? Go, of course, I remember. I'm going to have to go back and rewatch it. If you it watch now. yesterday's Enterprise again, same thing. Uh, the side panels are completely um, computer general, you know, computer uh, systems with people standing by them, and there were two further operation consoles either side of Wesley and Data on the top. Which so that that design change, the wooden round thing that you think people would probably trip over more often than not. That seemed a bit of a spurious design choice. Because, uh, yeah. you, you know, you've got a security matter on the bridge and then someone runs in and trips over the wooden thing, you know, sue him and problems, <laughs> us, you know, it's all these kind of things. You know, there wasn't any kind of thing saying, watch out, mind the panel, you know. That's true. Step here. Yeah. The re- Yeah, and the rest of... Just thinking, the rest of the ship never really changed. Not until we Deanna Troy crashed it. No, but I mean the uniforms changed. <clears throat> so we had yeah, we have that, don't we? Yeah, we had the lycra kind of Captain Picard thing. had his own uniform. Yeah, he had, he his, had his, his trendy little jacket. With, yeah, uh, which he occasionally wore. 
Didn't always wear it, but he had it. Did he not have a vest eventually in First Contact? Yes, he had a vest underneath the uh, the big uniform, yeah. Yeah. No one else got to wear these other uniforms, though. Um, I believe Cisco had a vest underneath uh, one at one point. Oh, he's another captain, though. Yeah, he's just yeah. captain-specific jacket. Yeah, captain's got that little extra jacket. special... I must admit, thing. I always thought it looked rather smashing. I yeah. would have liked my own one. Yeah. But the trouble with that is you can't wear it anywhere because no. you'll get knifed. Yeah. Which is a shame. <laughs> you know? This is the world that. we live in, though, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, sadly, it's not Star Trek. No. But fortunately, we'd be in the World War now, wouldn't we, or something yeah, like that? Yeah, we'd so be in the middle of World that. War Three by now, I'm sure, the eugenics wars. What did you think of the E, the Enterprise E? It's very pointy. It is very pointy. I really liked it. It's my favourite Enterprise. Longer and yet shorter. Slicker. It just yeah. looks really nice. Yeah. Because like, I've always had a problem with the Enterprise D. What was wrong with the Enterprise D? I told you this before. The Remind me. Right. The deflector dish. You don't like the deflector dish no. of the Enterprise D? I don't like the deflector dish. It's shaped funny. It looks like something. Right. What does it look like? I'm not going to say, but it looks like something. And A lady part? mm, You think the deflector (laughs) dish of the Enterprise? We've had this discussion before. I don't remember this. Oh, yeah, you were disgusted. I'm disgusted again now. Well, there you go. You need to get your short-term memory Well, no, I'm not disgusted. I'm sort of shocked a little. And the saucer section is a little bit squashed. You know, it's like... It's it's, not round, is it? It's not round. It's ovular. Ovular. Um, That's not a word. Ovular. Oval. Anyway, it's, yeah, it's squashed. And I prefer the sort of Voyager was too far the other way. Um, I like the Enterprise A and the the original Enterprise. I think the original Enterprise is a better looking Enterprise than the Enterprise D. But I think the Enterprise E is a better looking Enterprise than the Enterprise A. Um, The Enterprise C is a bit weird. The Enterprise B is just the Excelsior with a couple of knobbly bits on the side. Yes, it was, wasn't it? The yeah. C was sort of a miniature galaxy class. Yeah, it was kind of. Sort of you shape. could see the development. It was quite. It they was just made a yeah smaller one. Yeah. Yeah, I I see what you mean. The design of the galaxy class was a bit big. Saucer section on there, wasn't it? Yeah, but yeah, just not round. It didn't look. I mean, I know that it doesn't really matter if they're aerodynamic or not, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But it just didn't look as slick. You know, mm. it doesn't look slick. The Enterprise D, it looks big and lumbery. You know, it looks like it's probably got... It's a big got, ship, It's though. a big ship. Yeah, they are big galaxy class star. It's bigger than the Constitution. Uh, the, uh, oh, what's it called? Sovereign class, you know. The that's, new, yeah, the latest one. The latest, the latest one. one. The latest. <laughs> the Enterprise E. So, it's, yeah, it's, it's bigger than that. It's a bigger design. Uh, Interior-wise, the Enterprise E looks fantastic. Um, I would agree with you there. I love the bridge of the E. I love the bridge it, of the it's E. It's a good one. Although, no, it's good. I think the view screen is a bit smaller than it was in the D. The view screen was interesting because they did the whole DS9. When it's not on, you can't see it. There's nothing there. It's just a brick wall, and then well, not a brick wall, but you know, it's it's just a wall. And then when the view screen comes up, when you need it to come up, you can see. What the hell's going I on? I still outside? think it would always be on and they'd watch shit. Yeah, they'd have they the would. telly on. They would. You catch up on this week's whatever. 
Or do they do that? Because I suppose, no, if you were going to do that, then you'd do it on normal naval vessels as it is, wouldn't you? Because yeah. I bet they spend a lot of time where they're just driving somewhere. No, you've got to keep alert and stuff like that. But it's a slightly different thing in naval vessels. You've got to look out just for squalls. Plot a course and say, there we go. You know, you do wonder what half these crew members are doing half the time. Yeah, that's what I mean. Mm. When you're not, if you're on an aircraft carrier and you're not launching or rearming planes, what are you doing? Yeah. You've got to work out your position currently, though. You know, that's the thing. You don't have to work out your position. You have a television monitor with a, with a satellite dish on your roof that tells you exactly where you are. In old naval terms, yes, you would have to work out, um, but not anymore. Yeah, you just sort of wonder why they need so many crews on those things. Um, right, well, he's design of the engineering section. Yeah, that changed. It seemed yeah. a little smaller, yeah. I thought. A little pokier, yeah. but with a bigger engine crammed mm. in. Maybe that's why it seems smaller. Maybe. Maybe. But um, it wasn't... It, but it, I loved Next Gen's engineering section. I thought it was wicked. Again, the nice soft lighting, lots of darkened glass, smoked glass. It reminds me very much of a, a swanky 80s bachelor pad. Yeah. In many ways. Yeah. Which is a very strange thing for an engineering section. It, the Enterprise D in particular always struck me as a very laid back, relaxed kind of place to be. The fact that it was, were, it went hand in hand with the fact that it was family orientated and there were families on board and it was so much emphasis yeah. placed on the fact that it wasn't a military vessel. It was so comfortable and, you know. To the point where when you were on night shift on the bridge, the lights were dimmer. Yeah. Which I always thought you still had to work. So you want the lights up. You're not, you don't want to be sleepy. That's why we turn lights down at nighttime. We want to relax and chill out. Not if you're doing bridge duty. No, you want to be awake. You think they'd just always be on. Well, that was always a bit of a stupid thing anyway. They, when they put, when they did the whole dimming the lights, I think it was Data's Day or something like that. It was yeah. the first time we saw that in any incident. And then you sort of thought to yourself, so what? Every single major event that we've witnessed in Star Trek Next Generation Happens up till now day. happened between eight o'clock in the morning and midnight. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. <laughs> why, why would you dim the lights? It was just a stupid idea. But never mind. So people can't see in through the windows. Yeah. Like I said, I still, oh, the window, the window at the top of the bridge as well. Like I always say, you'd, you'd park a Romulan warbird upside down and then decloak right on top of it and look out the window going, Made of the strongest glass in the world. Well, yeah. aluminium, isn't it? That's what the windows are made out aluminium. of. Aluminium. Aluminium. Oh, we've been told apparently aluminium and aluminium pronunciations um, is actually uh, from the person who invented the substance in the first place. Did he start it himself? He started it himself, apparently. This is according to Toronto Kevin. Hang on, hang on. No, no. It's an element. No one invented Not it. Not an element. No, I'm sure aluminium is a mixture of metals. Aluminium is an element. It's on the periodic table. Is it? Yes. So why the hell, where have I gotten this from then? I don't know. Then it's on the forum. Someone said that like, the pronunciation was decided as aluminium. And then somebody else, then he just said, no, that's rubbish and decided to call it aluminium. And the Americans and the Canadians went one way and we went with the Australians the other way. Yeah, no, no one invented it. <clears throat> Hmm. It's like inventing gravity or helium or something. You don't, you, you might discover it. Discovered it, maybe. You might. Well, I that's what I meant. I don't know. Aluminium strikes me as one of those things that's been around for a while and discovering it would probably go back. I don't know. You don't hear it mentioned in many period pieces. You don't hear many metals me mentioned. Steel. In, 
metal. That's because iron, we had massive steel industries. Iron, steel. All those metals get mentioned in period pieces. What the fuck yeah, are you Yeah, when you're about? watching period you don't pieces watch, about a, st- a you iron don't watch, steel period of yeah, drama. Yeah, but you don't hear about aluminium. Why don't you hear about aluminium? Because until there was no major day. aluminium manufacturing Well, maybe it going, wasn't discovered until later on. Of course it was discovered. Oh. We're going to have to check that. Oh. Let's talk about Deep Space Nine right. changing style because that's just too weird. <laughs> The, okay. the, the station never changed at all in the slightest. It did. At any it did. point. How did Bet- it change? Between season one and season two, the oh, promenade got, the got yellow lights. Did it really? On the the uh, the balcony around well, the promenade. Well, they got an upstairs. They got in an series upstairs, Series one, yeah. there's no upstairs of the promenade. You sure? Yes, it's in the making of. Because I swear I've seen Jake and Nog hanging their legs yeah, over the Yeah, you see edge. them, but the camera's never up there. That's not right. the place. They're on, just sat on the top of the set. Yeah. In season two, they got more money and built the, the second set. floor. Right. I see. You see. Arguably, they didn't put a great deal up there, just the other just entrance carpets. to And another and, entrance and to Quarks, yeah. That sort of thing. But that's what happened. Then they got more money and made the Bridge of the Defiance, so they kept getting more money and kept building new sets for events right. to take place on. Yeah. You see? I see. Um, so they got that. It wasn't really a, much of a change or a mood change. We just got the uniform changes, didn't we? Well, yeah, yeah. You got the the black jumpsuits with the the colour. So it was kind of a reverse of what we had in the next gen, apart from you had the grey underbit as well. That was a separate piece. That was a separate piece underneath. Mm. So, But essentially it was the reverse of the next gen uniform and a kind of variation on what the cadets used to wear. Because the cadets in DS9 onwards were red top with grey underneath, whereas in Next Gen it was red top, black underneath, very similar to the early DS9 Voyage uniforms. Now then, they're they're the uniforms Voyager had, weren't they? Yes. And they stuck with those throughout the entire run. Well, because they They, couldn't get any new ones. Yeah. So, yeah. So even after Deep Space Nine had finished and had new and better uniforms, Voyager was stuck with the old crap ones. They were always a bit shit. They were always yeah, a bit they were, crap. They looked the lowest budget of it all. It yeah. was a shame. And they and did look like mechanics uniforms half the they time. They did, didn't they? Yeah. I mean, that was the, one of the things that always grated on me a bit about Voyager was the way it never progressed or advanced or changed in any way to the point where they had the very old style phaser rifles that you were never sure what what the point was of phaser rifles. They just seem just to more be power. phasers. But then, yeah. If you've got enough power with a hand phaser to kill somebody, why do you need the rifle? Blow up Until something. they became those little photon launchers hmm. that were just awesome. Yeah, they were cool. But that was the like, the next-gen movies, wasn't it? Um, yeah, so they, got, they kind of got stuck with that. Now, someone sent us an article, and you remember reading this about, it was an interview with one of the writers talking about why Voyager was... Um, a bit crap. No, what was... Well, he was basically saying at a convention that the... Um, I think it was Ronald D. Moore, actually. Right. Who did Battlestar Galactica after DS9 and, and things like that. Yeah. I'm going to remember this one. Now, you see, Ronald me. D. Moore and Rick Berman, I always get muddled in my head somewhere. Although I know Rick Berman's more important in Star Trek in terms of being... He was the big one. He was like... He was Ron the guy Murray's who took successor, over. wasn't he? Yeah. And... Yeah, like... Ronald D. Moore basically was going on about the fact that how it was that Voyager still managed to have the uniforms intact 
all the consoles got repaired. They'd oh, get yeah. into big scrapes yeah. and battles every week, and yet they'd still, you know, they'd magically have everything repaired by the next week. And, you know, they had a little bit of being, you know, we're going to run out of food soon, and we need to conserve energy for them replicators, so we need Neelix to do this and that, you know, and things like that. But there were still things like, you know, their uniforms would have been completely fucked by season three. Yeah, they were. You know, after you've been in a couple of major scrapes, that's it, you know. Oh, I don't know. We don't know enough about how things like that are made. We assume they're just replicated. Surely they are. Yeah, but then there's just there's there's a lot of it which you just think, well, how the you know the endless supply of shuttlecrafts and and whatnot, and there is the shuttlecraft problem. Yeah, that was the problem. We're just bitching about Voyager now. That's got nothing to do that with that. That hasn't, topic. yeah, that hasn't. But yeah, I mean the the fact that they never developed really, and they never had, they never had the chance, but they couldn't. No, that it made sense that made they sense didn't. That they it would didn't. have been weirder had they. It would have been a bit Although crap. you could argue that they just, in those monthly data streams, they just sort of popped in the design program for the new uniform just to cheer people up. Mm. That would have yeah, been man. nice of them. That just would have been really that. annoying. You'd have just been like, right, well, we've upgraded the, uh, we've rebranded Starfleet again uh, for the third time in five years. Um, I know this yeah. is a bit annoying, but you're going to have to wear another uniform uh, I know you're stuck in the Delta Quadrant, but we'd really like all of Starfleet to look the same. Um, oh, just... they'd have sent it. <laughs> yeah, I know, but been, you didn't think you'd, you'd have been think about chatting it. chatting to like, someone on, in the, on the view screen and be like, you Where's know, that uniform what's from? That? I want one of those. You know. That's much nicer than mine. Mine looks shit. Yeah. Mine looks like it was made seven years ago is what mine looks like. <laughs> Send me that one. <laughs> And that would so happen. Yeah. And they'd ask for the design and then they'd wear new ones and stuff like that. It'd be lovely. And all the Star Trek, all the Starfleet would match. Yes. It would be great. Starfleet rebranding. You always got to wonder why they did that. I mean, actually, over the course of between season one of Next Gen, let's think of how many times did they do it? One, two, three, at least four times. Or over four different stages did they rebrand? Because between season two and season three of Deep Space Nine, they changed the com badges. So they didn't have the circular yeah. ones anymore. They had the little uh, two lines joined up and then kind of a variation on the future tense episodes where they had yes. loads of lines behind the... That was a good one. Yeah. And then, of course, you've got the future tense episodes and uh, the end of Voyager and the end of Next Gen and all good things where they've got really bad uniforms in the future, like, which are just all red tops and all blue tops and yellow tops. Oh, yeah. And really weird combatches. Yeah. And they look awful. Oh. I'm yeah. starting to want to watch some Voyager now we talk about it. Really do look pants. I wish I had some. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the Defiant Bridge, again, sort of uh, extension of the consoles used in Next Gen. And yeah, everything. never changed. Did the nifty thing of when it cloaked, it went dark and... But then you just think, well, is that just to remind us that we're all cloaked, you know? Is that to remind us that we're all really cloaked? Yeah, no, I mean, what, you dim the lights so it doesn't shine out the windows? We've got a cloaking device. Why Why do we dim the lights when it's cloaked? I don't know, just for atmosphere. Yeah, but... For mood. For mood. To remind you all but that you're But from a practical cloaked. point of view, why would you dim the lights and make everyone want to fall asleep? Because it was like the over-exuberant red alert signs as well. The, uh, red alert! Red alert! Oh, really? And then the entire the bridge means? floods red, and you can't distinguish between any buttons anymore. With all that siren going off, wouldn't that make it harder to issue commands? Yeah. You'd have to shout over the siren. Well, that's why they tell it to turn it off after yeah. a couple of times. Don't turn they? the fucking Discontinue siren. Discontinue that fucking alarm. 
Or wouldn't you just say, red alert without the siren? Thank yeah. you. Red alert. Shut up. That would happen. Enterprise was a funny old beast because it went back in time. Well, hang on. We, we missed oh, we Voyager's st- Bridge. Oh, sorry. Voyager's Well, I didn't think anything happened to Voyager's Bridge. Well, not that it happened to Voyager's Bridge. We didn't even discuss Voyager's Bridge. And, and we're going to get emails if we don't. Okay. So they did something quite interesting. Now, going back to the whole yesterday's Enterprise thing and um, that being the whole darker Star Trek universe and everywhere on the Enterprise was suddenly dimmer lit and more moodier lit, apart from Tenforda, which was floodlit for some reason. Yeah. Um, really weird. Um, but anyway, yeah, that kind of lighting, they kind of transplanted that onto Voyager and the whole um, Defiance Under Cloak lighting was oh, on yes, Voyager. It was very dark. It's always bridge, very dark. Always very dark. Everywhere, pretty much. Especially the bridge. And when they were in an emergency situation, definitely. And then it went lighter, didn't it, when it wasn't an emergency situation. It was weird, yeah. actually. The lighting did change quite a bit. In, for mood. In Voyager. For mood, yeah. For mood more, more than anything Got to make it interesting somehow. Or did they have the bio pads or something like that? The bio gel. Bio gel. Biomimetic Biomimetic won't work properly and cause lots of problems like the whole yeah, gel Yeah, yeah, those ones. Those ones, yeah. Those like good. when they had to give the ship a temperature. They what? The biogel packs got infected with a virus, and when you get a virus, your body raises its temperature and kills the virus. And so, so did Voyager just get had, really hot? They had to make Voyager have a temperature and kill the virus. <laughs> yeah. No, it's good. It's good. Okay, okay. It's good. I'll have to watch it. Yeah. It's yeah. an early one, that, I think. What do we make of Voyager's bridge, <clears> then? It was a nice bridge. It was a nice and, and, bridge. And fewer people sat in front of you in the in front of the telly. It was just I always Paris, see wasn't the, it? Yeah, see the bridge from the uh, captain's point of view, sat in the chair, which was a problem with the Defiant. There's someone sat in front of the telly. Yeah. Dax's big fucking head stuck up in the middle of the or view Or Nog's screen. big fucking ears, yeah. Yeah. You can't see the telly past Nog. Mm-hmm. You'd, have, you'd be continually getting his head down. That Cisco bridge did get... bits of sandwich at Trashed. More than any other bridge, though, didn't they? Certainly did. Well, they went through a couple of defiance. Yeah, well, just the only only one to be blown up in a series. Yeah, that's true. Properly blown up. I mean, we blew up the D a few times, but it was it was always in time or something. Yeah, twenty times and cause and effect. Well, ops as well. Actually, we didn't even talk about ops. What do you mean ops? Ops in DS Nine. That was huge. Yes, it was actually. It was a big fucking set. But we, we passed over because it never changed. But it didn't. Yeah, well, it didn't change in the various stages. But I suppose the difference between DS Nine, really, until they brought the Defiance in, was the fact that they had Cardassian interfaces and Cardassian systems. The architecture, all of that sort of thing. It had that black metal look to it, which was always interesting because I always thought, like I said before, with um, when I found out that Deep Space Nine was going to be a, a Star Trek show about a star. A space station. Yeah, you, you assumed it would be a Federation space station, not a Kardashian one. So it was always an interesting little little thing. I, I always get, when you mention kind- that when you mention a show based on a Federation space station, it just makes me think it would be like a soap opera. Yeah, it, or it would be like Friends. 
you could do a sitcom about it, but I don't think you could do an actual show about it. It was much more interesting to have it be a Cardassian space station. It was interesting, but it never really felt like a home either. It always felt like, you know, exactly. you'd, you'd gone and nicked someone else's, you know, it was like living in Hitler's bunker. Yeah. It was one of those sort of, you know, you know, you put a bit of decoration up and a few lights, but you know, there's still some really awful things happened here, you know. One of those kind of like, you know, moving into a house where someone, the previous occupant was murdered, you know, you think to yourself, this is a bit creepy. A little bit. I don't like the fact that someone was murdered here. They must just have to not tell people when shit, you know, shit like that happens. No Bajorans were ever killed here. They, was, they referred they to this as the happy the lovely stage. place. Yeah, they killed them Bajorans off the station. Bajorans wanted to come here and you couldn't make them leave. Yeah. And it was full of fluffy bunnies and clouds and rainbows. Yes. That's what they'd like you to That's, think. Actually, this is where Kardashian films its children's television. We've just annexed it for the purposes of this mission. Yeah, that's what they tell everyone. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Kardashian's children's television. I'm trying to picture that. It would be interesting. Yeah, it would be interesting. It would be interesting. Yeah. Are we on to Enterprise now? You then? are on to Enterprise okay, now. Okay, now this was the, the strange one because this was supposed to be more primitive than the original series. This However, posed a massive, massive production dilemma. You've got to make it more basic and still functional and make sense that it's functional. And the original series only just scraped through by the skin of its teeth as being believable as being functional. Also, you had the problem of computer panels and computer yeah. interfaces. You had to make them look more basic than the original series. And yet... The original series, like you say, just looked completely Well, we're more impossible. advanced now in terms of computer control. Exactly. Method. And so they went with the LCD screens and that sort of thing. But they were more weird. tactile. They were still, there were buttons that had clear, defined functions. Were that, they? Yeah, there were. They, I remember them talking about like all the, the screens were all LCD sort of paneling screens yeah. and stuff like that. Well, not all of them, but some of them seemed to come out a little bit more and stuff. The surfaces of the comm systems and the uh, computer systems were all a little bit more tactile. They were yeah, all a little bit more. I remember. There were more to them, more buttons and things sticking out and, you know. Smaller transporter pad, very small transporter pad. Bigger phases. Big, yeah, bigger phases. phases. I did like the phases, actually. They were quite good. See, I always prefer the original phases to the next-gen onward phases. They had two types of phases. There was the type one that was just the black box, like a remote control. And then you could fit that into the Type 2, which was the, the gun-shaped one. So they were actually yeah. just like a power booster magnifier thing for the original little black box ones. Yeah. You see. No, I like the the um, <coughs> the phases in the original series movies. I always thought they looked so much cooler than the next-gen ones. Because the next-gen ones look like sort of glamorized remote controls. They are glamorized remote controls. So they, they, ch- they change from being really big. To, to having the, really the small, small more and then they one. came more curved. Yeah, the handle became more curved in DS9. Yes, it did, didn't it? Mm. Yeah. Where was I? Enterprise. So they did. It had a kind of Disney's Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea Nautilus look to it. Very metal with lots. Of, you know the fucking pulleys and levers on the warp drive and stuff like that. Yeah, it was a very strange look. I really liked it. I like the corridors. I like the that. corridors. It was very pokey. It was a very tiny wee ship that you were always amazed lasted at all in anything. Yeah. That was, I mean, that was the sort of thing that they were going for, wasn't it? It was the whole, the idea that these people were going to have to try so much harder 
than anyone else. But that was the same thing that they were trying to do with Voyager, and they just copped out of Voyager on that one as well. You know, the fact that by themselves in a smaller ship, they're going to have trouble. Yeah. You know, but... And it's back in those days and the Klingons still have big weapons and it's going to be harder for them to beat the Klingons because they're in a small pokey ship and, you know, but they never really capitalized on it enough. But that's beside the point. The look of it, I think I actually quite like the purple jumpsuits as well. Oh, I like the uniforms as well. I, I didn't have, as far as in terms of aspects we're talking about, I think Enterprise did not do badly at all in terms of, set design and costume design and you got to have you got to take your hats off to the people for actually managing to make something look pre-tos and still made post everything else i mean that is a monumental challenge i'd love to see some extras on that i i still think it's arguable that it didn't fit in it was still too advanced of but course. I don't think it ruined it. I don't I, think it looked out of place. It looked how we would expect it to look. Thing is, you kind of accept it. <clears throat> yeah. The original series, next gen onwards, there is next gen, from the beginning of next gen through to the end of um, Voyager or through to Nemesis, there is a clear sort of set of continuity, which any continuity errors, or anything that changes drastically in terms of the physics of Star Trek within that set can be challenged and is challenged on a regular basis. The original series and the original series films are somewhat exempt from that because they were made earlier, because they were made in a different era with different restrictions and you accept. It's kind of like, right, Richard Dreyfuss sort of said this really well once, that basically that all film and all television and all this kind of drama is one massive great big lie. And as an audience member, you accept the lie and you buy into the lie deliberately. And it's this kind of this balance. And when you've got a bad performance and when you've got a bad script or something like that shows up, then it exposes the lie for what it is and the audience can't accept it anymore. But the audience is aware that they're watching fiction, but they buy into the lie and they put that out of their mind for however long. Now, this is where the original series is all right because the audience buys into the lie as 1960s. You know, Star Trek The Motion Picture, they buy into the lie as 1970s. We're aware of when these were made. Whereas, because Next Gen through to, from Encounter and Farpoint, through to Nemesis was a continuous run, pretty much, without any break or any interference. Yeah. So all of the continuity, we kind of judged it based on everything we'd seen before within that time period, from Encounter at Farpoint through to Nemesis. And the original series is exempt from that, as is Enterprise, because we've shoved it back so far before the original series and are making it after everything else it managed to be exempt. If they tried to make Enterprise in the middle of between Deep Space Nine and Next Gen, we'd have had more of a problem with it. But because they waited until, if they tried it during Voyager, we'd have had more of a problem. But the fact that they waited until Voyager ended and then they did a new series, that actually helped them in some respects because it helped us to buy into the lie. Yeah. It's, and it's really interesting. And then where they go wrong is when they do the stuff with the ridges. And they do the stuff with the... Where you start messing with, with things that with don't the, need to be messed, messed with. with. No, no. We accept that the advances in makeup effects have led you to put ridges on Klingons over the period of time that you've been making Star Trek. 
between the new original series and the start of the films, you decided to put ridges on. Between the start of the films and next gen, you decided to put more ridges on. Fair enough. And we've got that continuity. The ridges never changed between the end of Encounter at Farpoint and Nemesis. That was fine. Go back to the original. It would be stupid to have them without ridges. So they didn't have them without ridges. We bought into that lie again. We bought into that conceit. Yeah. It was fine. And then, then they fucked with it. But, <clears throat> but yeah, but I think the set design as well, it, it was really, really good actually. Enterprise. I quite liked engineering as well. I liked the fact that it looked like a big fucking seemed, engine. Do you know what? It seemed like. Just trying to think of a comparison. It seemed like Victorian era technology updated in a sort of Will Smith Wild Wild West kind of way. I think you were right with the submarine analogy. Or, or the the engine watch room. Twenty thousand leagues under the sea. It looked like a submarine Disney engine room with James Mason. Yeah, and it looks like that. Yeah, but I mean, Star Trek. It's good though. That's like you say. It's still good. Yeah. Whatever it looks like, it's been ripped off by other people. Torchwood rip off Deep Space Nine so fucking blatantly. I'm really amazed they've not been sued. Really? Although I don't think that sort of thing is something you could sue over. On Torchwood, and you'll probably never watch this if you're sensible, as you walk into the building that they work in, there's a Deep Space Nine airlock door to walk through. Right. And it's really like they've bought it from Paramount as they were dismantling the Deep Space Nine set. Yeah. And they've had it in storage for a few years, wondering where they could use it. The round ones that really did look plasticky. Yeah. That's another thing you've got to say with Enterprise, really, in terms of the metallic look of it and everything. It looked like oh, the surfaces amazing. and the panels were made of metal. Yeah. For the first time, really. I mean, all of them look a little plasticky in places. Um, a little bit paper mache, painted grey, you know, kind in. In some of them. I mean, the corridors in Next Gen were actually, the hexagonal corridors in Next Gen were a yeah. good exception. They always looked really good. But there were still bits that looked a bit plasticky. The doors always looked a bit plasticky. Whereas I was in, always happy with the doors. Yeah, I wasn't happy with it. Like you say, you buy into the conceit. But the in Enterprise, they did look very metallic. They looked like they put the money in and put the got the set design to look. I don't know if it was real metal, but it certainly looked and felt like it. I agree. Yeah, it looked like metal, <laughs> all that sort of thing. Yeah. I think we, we have to reach the end. We have we've to. Going we've been for going for a long, long time. Yeah, yeah. well, it's to make up for our extra short show last week. Um, if that was as long as we always planned this show should be. Uh, yeah. We always well, said half an hour. We just ran along. I feel bad when we don't. I know I do too. People yeah. like it too much. I don't know. So thank you for listening. If you'd like to hear some other stuff, go and check out movies you should see. And Weekend Watchers, The Definitive mm -hmm. Word. And or do you think that's just bollocks? Yeah. Other shows may have a new show out by this point, actually. Maybe. Maybe. Hopefully there'll be a new show out. So check out the website, simplysyndicated.com, and there might be some new interesting things for you to check out there. Uh, if you'd like to email us, and I'm sure there's a few of you who would like to, you can email make it so at simplysyndicated.com. And check out the forums on the website, just simplysyndicator.com slash make it so. I think that's everything, isn't it? Yep. Okay.